Welcome to the Healthcare Quality Cast, where we spotlight today's most exciting and inspiring quality professionals within the healthcare industry. Our podcast will dive into the career journeys of leaders that work daily to improve quality, safety, and service outcomes for patients, their family members, and their communities at large. Our mission is to provide motivation and direction to our listeners, encouraging you all to continue your efforts in improving the overall quality of healthcare. And now, your host, Jarvis Gray. Welcome back, quality people. And if you didn't notice, I officially went with calling this two-part episode with Patrick Hennessy, episodes number 66A and 66B. Now, if you skip number 66A, then please be sure to jump back to it for the official show introduction. But really quickly, Patrick is a friend, former colleague, and impressive healthcare leader well worth introducing you all to. We're picking our interview back up talking about the upcoming industry changes and what he is personally excited about. So with no further delay, please enjoy the second half of our discussion. Next question I have for you, Patrick, and really looking to, to learn from you and kind of pick your brain, especially with all of your experiences and now being in a consulting role where I have to imagine you're just getting exposed to a ton of new stuff, um, but would love to learn what are some of the uh, changes going on across the healthcare industry that you're personally excited about and what role do you see quality improvement professionals plan to support it or um, to promote it or support it? Yeah. Um... I think the thing that, uh, and I, it's an area that I've been reading about because I'm naive about a lot of it. Just, I think if you're not clinical, you, you have a, uh, a longer road to go to understand it, but it's an exciting road, which, um, it's maybe a bad term, not a bad term, but maybe an overused term, but the, the whole concept of the value-based care, um, I guess reimbursement models, but not to, not to put it into the financial aspect of things, but, um, how proactive population health management, um, working with the insurance providers to care for a population base um, in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, but in a more, I guess, more proactive way. Instead of waiting for the patient to come to you or to hope that they're going to be um, uh, that they're going to be in line with their time that they're supposed to come in. So if you have a diabetic, right, and and you're you're hoping that they're going to come in every three months or every six months when they're supposed to come in, and you're hoping that they're going to track their A1Cs. And, um, you're 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 being. I think historically we've been very passive about that care aspect to say, all right, well you are a diabetic, you should be managing your care yourself, and for us not realizing that people are humans and, and that's not always going to be the case. And in fact, may often not, may, may not be the case more often than it is the case. Um, so seeing the insurance providers and the healthcare systems working together to be proactive and going out to that patient and saying, um, Hey, it's been, you know, three and a half months, you were supposed to come back in at the third month, you know, how are things going? How are your, how are your A1Cs? How do you feel? Um, can we schedule you an appointment? Um, can we get you back in? 
And so there's obviously the financial aspects uh, associated with that to um, keep that person from having those kind of major events that cost a lot of money, um, but also keeping them healthy and so that they're not having a, uh, um, that their life isn't diminished because of the disease that they're, they're fighting to, to keep in check. Um, so they both of these both of these groups working together to create a better financial environment, but also create a better patient lifestyle environment. I think that is extremely exciting. Um, I think it's slow. It seems like to me. Um, I think it could be moving faster. Um, and so when I think about a quality professional in that, um, I will say that the people that I've experienced in those areas, and this is not um, specific to, uh, to Piedmont at all. Um, in fact, the ones at Piedmont are probably the best that I've seen out there. Um, but having seen a lot of other um, organizations and, and some of those groups, um, they are transitioning a lot of people from the clinical environment into those roles. A lot of those people don't have um, a lot of the quality um, performance improvement uh, attributes or training um, to make them as impactful in those areas. And so what you have is, well, we've always kind of done it this way and it's kind of working pretty good. We're doing a little better with the patients or we're, we're doing, we're doing better, maybe not a lot better, maybe a bit, little bit more than a little bit better, but we're doing better. I see, that's where I see quality professionals being able to get in there. And I can tell you, if you got one good quality professional that can get their way into one of those groups, it is like fishing with dynamite. Um, the opportunities for, uh, you know, what's the line I heard recently? Uh, there was so much low-hanging fruit that everywhere I walked, I was making wine, right? Um, the, uh, the opportunities in there to match the clinical expertise that these people have working in these environments to the operational uh, acumen of quality professionals has just the, the upside is huge in terms of their ability to deliver both financially and patient care um, at a level that probably hasn't been seen in a lot of those organizations. So I, I love that feedback. Um, and I, I love that quote too, that I'm going to figure out how to really promote that. <laughs> it, there's so much low hanging fruit that everywhere I walked, I made wine. Um, let me ask you this. Well, I guess maybe it's not even asked. It's just maybe sharing the thought. Um, one of the things, Patrick, that I'm, again, trying to do with my career and with my business now that I'm starting to get some momentum, I, I tell everybody I'm trying to work myself out of a job, right? To your point yeah. where we now have just this varied mix of talent and skill sets for people who are doing quality improvement work. I know I'm coming at healthcare. Um, being an industrial engineering and having years of, you know, coaching and training myself to kind of get my skills to where they are. And now I'm doing my best to dump all of my skills into other people and other professionals 
where my my utopia is like they will just get to a point where they're like Jarvis we're good we don't need you you could go fix something else um yeah. to you know to some of your thoughts about the opportunities for value based programs as they continue to grow and you know take on a new life and, and impact the industry I, I guess like I said I don't know if it's a question as much as a thought but that's what I'm trying to do. But do you kind of see that's maybe the opportunity for quality people? Like you said, it's just, you know, dump all of our skills and knowledge into developing other people who are leading the charge on a daily basis. And, you know, the perfect world will eventually fade out. Now, realistically, I don't know if that'll ever happen. But, you know, if we kind of approach it like that, is that kind of an opportunity? Yeah, I've, I've approached every job that I've ever had of trying to get myself fired. Uh, you know, I, I if, if we're not as quality professionals, if we aren't in our nature, we should be trying to teach and grow every single person around us with all the skills that we have, because all that's going to do is create a better environment and a more successful organization, whether if you're working for them or you're there in a consulting capacity. Um, and the reality is, um, there's never not work, uh, bad English there, but there's, you know, you could spend a lifetime uh, trying to work your way out of a job, but the more you do that, the more opportunities arise. It's the people that are trying to be selfish about it and the people that aren't uh, trying to educate and pass along that knowledge. Those are the ones that actually have to worry about <laughs> their career longevity, uh, sharing sharing information and training and ability to make other people better at their role will only make you more successful. Well, and I, I've again, just kind of jokingly have told folks that I want to be like the Bill Walsh of quality improvement of healthcare quality improvement. <laughs> so, you know, famous nice. 49ers coach Bill yep. Walsh creates a program and kind of a dynasty where so many more um, famous coaches were up under him. Um, Mike Holmgren and Dennis Green and a no number of other, you know, famous NFL coaches. So that's, that's my personal goal as I continue to push forward in my career now. But again, if that's great feedback for the audience, um, we'll challenge everybody listening to this episode to figure out what that means to them and especially getting involved with other programs like value-based purchasing programs and just pouring yourself into the teams you support. So uh, let me move to the next question. Again, I know this episode is obviously running long, but man, you are, you're absolutely killing it, Patrick. So um, thank you. Next question for you, man, is um, how can the healthcare industry become a more attractive place for ambitious, talented, quality improvement professionals to either start and or grow their career? Wow, the healthcare industry is not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, I think um, I, another testament to um, it, Piedmont, one of the things that I, uh, I appreciated a lot, uh, but one of the things I think was most remarkable was their willingness and dedication to educating um, thousands of people in from lean Six Sigma black belts to 
you know, to green belts, um, their desire to educate people, um, and make them and, and pass along those tools to the individuals so that they could operate at, at, at their level, operate, um, with skill sets, um, that they normally wouldn't get at say a practice manager, but having a practice manager that was a green belt to be able to go back into their office and say, hey, uh, like I had that moment when I was like, oh, wait, we can move offices? Like, you know, a practice manager could go back to their office and say, well, uh, I know how to do a spaghetti diagram now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that here. And I'm gonna redo the supply closet and make it easier for people to find things and, and make it more efficient and make the patient experience better and increase our throughput and all those kind of uh, things that make organizations better. So. Um, the healthcare industry, um, as a whole, um, they they have so the healthcare industry needs to realize that their competition is not other healthcare systems. So Piedmont's competition is not Wellstar or Northside. Emory's competition isn't Northside um, or Piedmont. The competition is Amazon. The competition is Netflix. These companies have completely shifted the mindset of at least the average American, since we're talking about kind of our healthcare industry, to beyond instant gratification, right? I can get, so today I, you know, I ordered my groceries I, for the week um, on my phone, didn't pull out a credit card, didn't go to the store, put my groceries through, um, and they got delivered at 6.30 tonight to my front door and carried in. That sets my expectation for everything else I do. I bought my car from Carvana. I didn't leave my house. Um, I probably buy 90% of everything in my life via Amazon Prime or some other online shopping where it gets delivered to my house within a day. And um, you know, I, I I don't watch cable anymore because I've got every you know online HBO now, Netflix, and right. It's everything's about immediacy except for healthcare. Healthcare still has this come to us inconvenience yourself, drive downtown, pay for parking, walk across the street, sit in a in a lobby waiting room, and then sit in the exam room and then see somebody for two minutes, right? And so if the standard is I'm going to get a two or five minute interaction, what can I just do at my house? That's where the healthcare industry needs to understand where they have to go. Um, and I think providing an avenue for, or being willing and open to have people that wanna come in and be disruptive is the best way they can be more attractive. Because I, I will tell you, people coming out that are beginning their careers, they are not looking to hunker down into a healthcare system and work there for 15 years and do the same old thing. Um, they want dynamic, they want fast paced, they want to be able to work from home occasionally. 
maybe more so than they go into the office. And, you know, a lot of healthcare organizations are still very much, you know, suit, tie, be in the office, even if you don't have to be there. It's just not, I think the excuse around, because, you know, the human is the most complicated product out there, right? I, I always kind of bristle when people are like, well, you know, think about it like Chick-fil-A. And it's like, I, I absolutely understand. I agree with the customer service aspect of things. But we have to be careful when we start comparing a chicken sandwich to the human body, right? To, to the human being, to the brain and how people act. So there has to be a temper on that. But, um, you know, we joked around before we started, but um, three years ago, five years ago, nobody thought Amazon was going to be in the grocery business. They are now, right? Um, that's the kind of thing that, you know, as, you know, they're out there already doing it. Um, and so those health, the healthcare industry has to, has to be more willing to, to be more disruptive. And I think that's what they need to do to be more attractive. Well, I'll tell you, you know, to, to that mindset, and you, you made a lot of really, really good points there, but um, one of the things I've always wondered about, I mean, outside of maybe some of your academic facilities who are doing research more so to impact, um, you know, the, the care delivery overall medicine and, you know, the, the caretaking type of research. It's only now, only recently, and I've had the opportunity to have a few chief innovation officers on the show, but, um, but it's still a very kind of a new thing with healthcare organizations even having their own R&D focus around, you know, business models. Um, only a handful of simulation labs that I'm familiar with that are actually built for process redesigns and process simulations and so forth. So I've always kind of just in the back of my head thought that was pretty interesting that healthcare is a business first and foremost, and there are very few innovation centers or R&D centers within mm -hmm. any given, you know, mix of healthcare organizations across the country, across the U.S. at least. Um, but yep. again, just to your point, I, I've always kind of wondered about that. You're only, I'm only at least starting to see more of that now, but again, I've been in healthcare 13 years and it's just now starting to become a thing and it's still very new. Um, so again, I, I love your point because it's, it's been one of those thoughts for me. Yeah. We, uh, we always wanted to kick around, we always wanted to, we always kicked around this idea of, you know, could we, could we have a kind of a skunk works group of people that, you know, just kind of out there people that think about things differently, uh, you know, hire a couple of them, put them in a room and say, your job is just to come up with crazy ideas, yeah. like the craziest things you can think of and just keep presenting them to us. But, you know, not a lot of people are going to tolerate that kind of a, <laughs> what? Kind of a innovation. What? <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. But we never got that one off the ground. No, that's awesome. Really good feedback. And um, Patrick, I'm gonna move us forward because now we are officially moving into a part of the show that we call the two minute drill. This is kind of my take on uh, a rapid fire Q&A, but pulling from my, my football past, I guess, with the two minute drill. Um, but always 
check in and just make sure that my guests are ready to go. So how are you feeling, man? You ready to rock and roll through these last few? I'm ready to rock this, man. Feel good. Awesome. Um, so Patrick, the next question I have for you is something of a two-parter where I would love for you to first tell our quality people something about your current role that inspires you to do your best, but also share with us how do you inspire others within your organization? Um, this one's really easy for me. Uh, we work in healthcare. Um, and yes, healthcare is a business, but no matter what you do, if you are working in healthcare at some point in time, the impact of what you're doing touches the patient positively or negatively. Every day you go into work, you better have that on your mind. Um, and that drives me every single day when I'm there. Um, am I fulfilling what I'm being paid to do? Because if not, then I'm taking money out of the system that could be used to do something else better for patients. Um, how do I inspire others? Um, it, I always get a little, you know, I used to be like, I'm an inspirational guy. That's back when I was kind of far more of a, of a, of a goofball and much, much more immature. But um, I, I resonate what I just said back to people. Um, we, uh, on a project, um, must have been 16, 17 years ago, um, but I brought the, the team in, sat down at, uh, it's a children's hospital in the Northeast, and we sat in a lobby and where you would go to, the lobby of an Aubon pan, but where the patients would walk past you to go check in. And it's a children's hospital, so all the patients are kids. And I would just have people sit down and look out and say, now, when you're doing your job, I need you to think about these little kids coming in here, and we are here to make this place better, more efficient, more high-functioning to serve those patients. So every minute you're on the clock doing work, I need you to think about that. All right, doesn't get any more real than that. So um, perfect reply there. Uh, next question I have for you is, uh, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? Um, offer to do the work, don't ask for money, don't ask for the title. If you do it well, eventually you'll get both. Perfect, love it. Um, Patrick, if you could trade jobs with anyone in your current organization, with whom would it be and why? That is a tough question. Um, I, I wouldn't. I love my job. I, uh, I am exactly where I want to be right now. Um, I mean, you could ask me if I wanted to trade lives with somebody else and then I'll, I'll tell you Tom Brady, but outside of that, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Fair enough. Well, you know, funny enough, um, I think that is an acceptable answer. I, I've, uh, Thank you. yeah, I stuck this question in and I've left it after I tested it out with a few past guests. And, um, every answer is either people say nobody, I love my job. And I'm like, yep, perfect answer. Or people will actually, you know, share other roles and I'm like, yep, perfect answer. So I'll allow it, man. I, I appreciate that answer. There you go. I'm going with Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, Patrick, could you share a personal habit that contributes to your success when leading quality improvement initiatives? Um, I have a, 
I will, uh, I write at the top of my pages uh, when I start off with these things. It, it's just helpful for me. Um, and I probably should change it to be quiet and listen, but I always write uh, um, S-U-A-L um, and I write at the top of my page and it's just shut up and listen, what we talked about before. Um, it's just my way of my internal reminder to make sure that I'm listening far more than I'm actually speaking. Um, and that is, that's actually changed my, changed my life dramatically in terms of the ability to be faster to, faster, again, air quote market in terms of what we're, what we're doing for, for the client or for our organization. Perfect. Well, when we uh, get the show posted for you, we will put a hashtag S-U-A-L, if nothing else. So um, great feedback there. Uh, sorry, I lost track of my questions. Um, what is a go-to website or mobile application for for you that you use for executing all the work that you lead? Um, you know, I don't know if it's executing on the work that I leave, but um, I love the uh, is it Becker's uh, CEO, um, their daily email, the CEO update, I think is worth its weight in gold. Uh, it's some of the most informative uh, information coming out. Um, it's free, um, it's cutting edge, um, it's dynamic um, and it's easy, it's quick. Uh, but I think it gives you a great pulse on what's going on uh, in the healthcare community. All right, perfect. No, I love, um, I actually love a lot of their resources. They do a really good job. So um, great reference mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, could you please share with our quality people, a professional society and a professional conference that you think would be a value add? Um, so I've, I've hit or miss with some of the professional societies, um, and I will tell you, uh, you know, uh, I would be remiss if I if I sat behind anyone and said, hey, this is a great organization. And but that's because of me, and I, um, with everything that goes on in life and jobs, um, that is one area that I've uh, I need to to get better at as far as participating in professional organizations and speaking or participating and, and, and going to these things, because I know I'm missing out on a lot by not having that, but a uh, professional conference. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, HLTH uh, health, um, but it is, um, I don't know how old it is. Um, I feel like it's fairly new. Uh, but it is, uh, it's a conference that is completely centered on um, health innovation. I, I, that if I was only going to one conference and I was only allowed to go to one conference for the rest of my life, that would be the conference I go to. It's six, 7,000 leaders. It's a huge conference. It's amazing um, and super dynamic. All right. No, uh, that's, that's a, Good share, interesting share. I, I've not heard of it, but um, I just pulled it up here. And so for our audience, it is hlth.com. And it uh, looks like they have a conference coming up sometime in October. So we'll get this show pushed out before then. But um, I will look into this one, man. I, you're teaching me something new for sure here. Yeah, it's great. 
Awesome. Um, Patrick, if you could recommend one book to our quality people, what would it be and why? Well, I know we talked about Morning Miracle, but um, I'm going to go back to the tried and true and, 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 you know, sometimes things are perfect and they just can't be done any better. Um, the good to great, I, I still think is, that is the most informative, best business leadership book out there. The, the one that I would put right behind it is Dale Carnegie's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, both of those are tremendous books, but Good to Great is just, it's so well-written. It's so easy to digest. It's so relevant to what we do. Um, and I've read and listened to it probably seven or eight different times. And every single time I do, I get something else out of it. Well, I, I love that book. Um the 20 mile march that is a concept that i reference with leaders all the time because in healthcare i mean trying to be so strategic and setting up your own 20 mile march is something that i think applies in our world of quality improvement um but no great references yep so patrick very last question for the evening ma'am um, just giving you kind of the heads up that this is kind of like the, the icing on the on the cake, the, the cherry on the cake or ice cream or whatever the reference is. But um, the next question I have for you is a personal favorite because I'm going to get you to reflect on your past while you look forward to your future. So let's say you're able to send yourself one text message that um, one text message. 10 years into the past and one text message 10 years into the future. Take a second to think about it, but what would you communicate in each one of those messages? Uh, the text to the past uh, would be very simple, which would be go hire a professional coach to do a 360 evaluation on you uh, and stop being such a jackass. Um, no, really. I, uh, the the value of a professional coach is worth their weight in gold and i you know i i don't know that i ever would have gone through it had i not been kind of given the opportunity to to have that for for free um but i have i've continued to use that as a form of even i think a little bit of therapy uh to, to some degree to utilize a professional coach i mean it's just hugely beneficial if you're at the beginning of your career um the middle or end of your career, I think it's beneficial. But man, if I if somebody would have said, "Hey, go get a professional coach," in my twenties and early thirties, uh, that would have been a game changer for me. Um, text message to myself ten years into the future. Um, I think the one in the future would not be professional at all. Um, I think it would be if you've stopped working out, get back in the gym. Uh, if you're not eating the way you did 10 years ago, you need to start again uh, and go give your boys a hug. Fair enough, man. Respect that. Patrick, man, we did it. Um, great interview. Uh, man, honestly, I catch you here. 
<laughs> no, and honestly, I, I'm sitting here just kind of reflecting, like as I kind of work through this, my my closing out thank yous. Um, this was just a really, really reflective interview, a good conversation. Um, so I can't really express like I really appreciate you just coming on, giving your time, your knowledge for. Um, our, our audience that will plug in with this, but um, good job, man. Just want to, you know, hats off to you. Um, I appreciate just the, you are already an impressive leader in my book. I mean, again, we, we had a couple of years of working together, cross paths and every encounter I remember with you was really impressive. But tonight, I honestly feel like I've gotten to know you better. And I'm really just if, if it's possible to be more impressed, um, you, you kind of earned that extra level of respect not that you needed it but you definitely got it in my book man um before you know we officially log off i would love for you to share just a parting piece of advice with our audience um share with us the best way we can follow or connect with you on linkedin and patrick will officially sign off all right um a parting piece of advice uh don't give advice um <laughs> No, uh, be fundamentally aware of your weaknesses, celebrate your weaknesses, um, glorify your weaknesses, be proud of your weaknesses. Um, because when you do that, you're going to figure out and know how to overcome those weaknesses. Um, so for me, it was shut up and listen, but it might be something very different for you. Um, uh, to follow or connect with me, um, it LinkedIn is probably, uh, the, the avenue I use the most as far as, um, anything that I write about or, um, anything that I find interesting and, and pass over. Um, LinkedIn's a, a great avenue. Um, I love to talk to people. Um, I love to share experiences and, um, I think, um, probably the past, three to five years have really enjoyed getting into a little bit more of a mentoring role uh, with people that are trying to grow their careers. So happy to do it. Um, I'd love to engage with people. So please send me a note. Um, and then, you know, maybe if that goes well, I'll continue to build a social media presence. I'm like, I'm gonna reach out to you, Jarvis. You're gonna have to teach this Buckeye how to do that. You know, I know it'll be tough for you as a hurricane, but you can help uh, me out. You know, the things that I put to the side for friends, man. <laughs> uh, seriously patrick thank you again i appreciate everything you shared this evening for our audience and to our quality people everywhere thank you all for listening and making us part of your day this is jarvis and patrick and we're signing off thank you for listening to the healthcare quality cast brought to you by the quality coaching company if you love the Healthcare Quality Cast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. Until next time.